Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. This week's Parsha, Parsha's Ve'era, discusses seven of the ten plagues with which Hashem afflicted the Egyptians. In the Makkah of Svardea, frogs, we find two unique aspects, both of, which, both of which can be related to the same root cause. The first unique aspect of Makkah Svardea is that, according to a Midrash quoted by Rashi, the Makkah did not have any effect on the Egyptians until they themselves began to fight against it. The second unique aspect is that the frogs did not primarily cause physical damage, but rather created fear and psychological discomfort. Let us take a look at these two phenomena. In Perik Ches, Pasuk Base, we find that Vayet Aharon Es Yodoi Almeime Mitzrayim, Aharon stretched forth his hands upon the waters of Mitzrayim, Vatal Hatsfardeya, and the Tsfardeya arose, came up, Vatachas Eseris Mitzrayim, and it covered the land of Mitzrayim. Now Rashi is concerned with the the grammar of this Pasuk, because the word Hatsfardeya seems to be a singular word, one a frog. In all the previous Psukim about this Maka, they were always referred to in the plural, Svardaim. But here, the Pasuk refers to them in the singular. And Rashi explains this with a Midrash. He says, Svardeya achas hoisa. In fact, it was one frog. Vahoyu makinoisa. The Egyptians were hitting it. Vihimatezes nechilim nechilim. And then it began to, to spray flocks and uh, flocks and flocks, great, great numbers of svardaim, of frogs. Rashi says, Zeo Midrashai, this is the Midrashic explanation. So this aspect of the Makkah, this Midrash, needs, needs to be understood. The second aspect is that if we look through the Psukim, we do not see that the Tzvardeya caused any physical damage, not to humans, not to animals, not to plant life. Let's take a look at some of the Psukim. Going back to Perak Zion, Pasuk Zion, so Moshe Rabbeinu says to Parai, if you don't, uh, if you refuse, if you refuse my request, so Hine Anoichi Negeif is called Gvulcha, but Tzvardeim. I will strike your entire boundary with Svardaim. The Sharatsa Yeort Svardaim, and the river will sprout. It will be full of Svardaim, of frogs. They will come up and they will come into your house, and into your bedroom, and onto your bed, into the house of your servants, and amongst your people, 
and in your ovens, and in your kneading bowls. And upon you, and in your nation, and in all of your servants, the frogs will come up. It does not mention exactly what these frogs will do. It doesn't mention they will bite the people or eat all the crops. That it does not say. And when we continue to the psukim that describe what actually happened, it merely says that Vatal Hatsvardeya, as we read before, the Tsvardeya came up, and it covered the land of Mitzrayim. There does not seem to be any description of the damage that they did. And in fact, if we go a little bit later in a comment by Rashi, we will see this even more clearly. In Perakhes, Pasik Yud Zion, Moshe Rabbeinu is warning Farai that if he continues to refuse to cooperate, so there will be another Makkah called He'oroiv. Now, what is Oroiv? So let's take a look at Rashi. Rashi explains it. Esaroiv, Rashi says, Kol mine chayes royas. These are all kinds of bad wild animals, of dangerous wild animals. Unechoshem viakravim, and snakes and scorpions, barbuvia. They all come mixed together. Vohoyu mashchisim bahem, and they were causing damage. They were destroying people. They were, they were tearing people apart and, and devouring them. And now Rashi continues. There is a reason, there is a logic to this thing in an Agoda, in a Midrash, regarding every Maka, why did this one come and why did that one come? Rashi here wants to explain the order of the different Makas, why he didn't start with the first or the second, etc., that's a good question, not for now. Rashi happens to place his comment here. And what does he say? It can be compared to the strategies that are used by kings in their wars. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu was coming upon Paroi. He was punishing Paroi according to the way that kingdoms attack each other. When a kingdom... Uh, besieges a city. Betchila mekalkel mayanoiseha. First, the 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 uh, army that is that is laying siege to a city, it destroys the wells. It destroys the water source of the inhabitants of the city. So that's like makas dam. V'yacharkach toiken alehen umerian b'shoyforos, and then they blow with a shoifer, in order to, Rashi says, the yarom ulevahalom, to cause fear and panic. V'chein hatsvardeim, hatsvardeim, and similar, similarly, the maka of svardeim, of frogs. Mekarkarim v'hoimim, they grivet and, and groan and grate. However, we'll translate those words. They make their well-known noise. Vechule, etc. Kidi isa be midrash rabbi tanchuma, as it is stated in the midrash 
of Rabbi Tanchuma, the Midrash Tanchuma. Rashi doesn't quote the entire Midrash, but the Midrash goes on to explain how all of the Makos are parallel to the way that a that an army would lay siege to a city and ultimately attack it. What is the function of the Tzvardaim? What To what is that parallel to? To what is that parallel? Rashi says it's parallel to the blowing of, of trumpets and shoifrois, which is done in order to cause the, the enemy, in order to cause the inhabitants of the, of the city to fear and to panic. So what do we see from this Rashi? That what is the primary function of the Makkah of Sfardim? What is really the, the, the root function of it? It's not that it causes physical damage. It's not like Makkah's Dam, which actually causes damage to the city's water source. It is a psychological tactic that it causes fear and panic. These two phenomena, that there was one frog, which when the Egyptians hit it, became uh, sprouted, spouted many frogs, and this second phenomenon, that the Maka of Svadeya was not primarily a, did not primarily cause physical harm, but rather caused fear and panic, both of these points are what I would like to discuss in this shear. The key to understanding both of these phenomena lies, I believe, in the psukim in which Moshe warns Parai about this plague of frogs. Let us return to Perak Zion, Pasuk Chav Ches. Moshe Rabbeinu tells Parai, if you don't behave, v'sharat sayor tzvardeim, then the river will swarm with frogs. V'olu uvo b'veisecha, they will come up and they will come in to your house and into your bedroom, and onto your bed, and into the house of your servants, and to the homes of your people, etc. The Rashi comments on, the, on this very verbose Pasuk. It could have just said, and the frogs will come, uh, to all of the land of Mitzrayim. But it is very uh, specific, very wordy in specifying all the different places where they will go. Rashi says as follows, They will come up from the river, first in your house, meaning in Paro's house. Moshe was speaking to Paro. And afterwards, only afterwards, into the homes of your servants. Says Rashi, who his schil be'etza tchila? Paro began this etza, this scheme, to subjugate and enslave the bnei Yisrael. He began it first, as it says, "Vayomer elamoi." He spoke to his nation. We'll talk more about that pasuk soon. But he began this etza, this evil plot. Umimenu his schila hafuranus, and therefore from him the punishment began. He was the first person to be affected by the frogs. Only after he uh, was uh, surrounded by frogs, then the frogs went to the rest of the people and to the whole land. Let us review this Pusik. It is in Perak 
Aleph, Pasuk Tes, right near the beginning of Sefer Shemois. We'll begin from Pasuk Ches. But Yoko Melech Hadash al-Mitzrayim, a new king arose upon Egypt, whether this was literally a new king or a king who had a change of heart, that's not our question now. But a new king, Asher lo yada es Yosef, who did not know the favors that Yosef had done for the Egyptian people. Vayoymer el Amoy, and he said to his nation, those are the words that Rashi quotes. What did he say? Hine, am b'nei Yisrael, rav v'yatsum mimeno. The nation of b'nei Yisrael is greater and more powerful than we are. Hoven is Come, let us deal wisely with him. Pen yerbe, lest he increase even more. Vahoya ki sikrene milchama. It will be when a war will come upon us. V'naisaf gamhu al seinenu. And then he, the nation of Am Yisrael, will be added on to our enemies. In other words, they will take the side of our enemies. V'nilcham banu. And he will fight against us. V'ola mina oritz. And the Bnei Yisrael will go up out of the land of Mitzrayim. Now we see from here two very important points. Number one, Pharaoh's fear that the Bnei Yisrael would harm his nation were baseless. And his words were, at least at, his words were at least at the very beginning, without consequence, except that they caused they certainly must have caused fear amongst the Bnei Yisrael. Number two, as long as Paro did not afflict and enslave the Bnei Yisrael, the Torah reports no suffering on the part of the Egyptians. It does not say in the Psukim that Bnei Yisrael became very great and they in some way encroached upon the rights and privileges of the Egyptians. There's no report of that at all. It is only after it is written in Pasikud Aleph that the Egyptians forced Bnei Yisrael to build the cities of Pisan and Ramses. Only then does the Pasik say, that the Bnei Yisrael were like thorns in the eyes of the Egyptians. So we see that the danger that Bnei Yisrael posed to Mitzrayim was really self-imposed. As long as the Egyptians didn't abuse us and afflict us, we really were totally harmless. It's only after they started to afflict us, then we became like thorns in, in their eyes, and eventually it was because of us that they did suffer terribly from the ten plagues. Based on this introduction, we can understand the two phenomena that we mentioned above. First, the Midrash that Rashi quotes, that in fact, when the Makkah of Svardaya began, there was only one Svardaya. The Egyptians began to beat it, and then it swarmed, and it uh, emitted many, many multitudes of frogs. What is the metaphorical meaning of this Midrash? And I think the meaning is that this is mida keneged mida. This is a measure for measurement payback to the Egyptians. Because just as the Egyptians 
they themselves created the quote-unquote Jewish problem that they had. The Bnei Yisrael, in fact, were no threat to them at all. We only became a thorn in this, a thorn in their eyes, after they began to afflict us, and only after they did that for quite some time, and eventually they became the victims of the ten plagues. That's when we became a real threat to them. But in truth, at the beginning, we were no threat to them at all. It was a self-imposed problem. And this is represented metaphorically by this one frog that came out of the water. Rashi does not say it was a particularly large frog. He doesn't say it had big fangs or anything like that. He simply says it was a tzfadeya. It was a frog. When the Egyptians when they began to hit it, so then it was matezes nechilim nechilim, it began to spout swarms and swarms of frogs. So they brought the problem upon themselves. And the second phenomenon that we mentioned, that the primary harm of Marcus Fardea was not physical damage, and this can be understood because Pare's original statement was in fact an empty ac- accusation whose primary accomplishment was merely to create fear and hatred. There was nothing to his statement. We were not intending to do any harm to the Egyptian nation. It was empty noise just to, to engender fear. And therefore, again, mida keneged mida, measure for measure, the maka of Svadeya did not primarily cause physical damage. In my opinion, the way I look at the psukim, it doesn't say here in the Chumash with Rashi's comments that it caused any physical damage at all. What it did do, and which Rashi does point out, is that it created fear. It was like an army which is besieging a city, and one of the first things it does is that it has its soldiers blow on shofar, liyarom ulevahalom, in order to cause the inhabitants of the city to fear and to panic. As is often the case, we see here that if we take several Rashi comments and put them together and understand them as one whole, we can gain clarity. And this is another indication that Rashi's commentary on the Torah is not merely a collection of pleasing thoughts scattered about, but rather it is a complete commentary on the whole Torah. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash